Hey everyone, and welcome to the NovaCast, a Digimon rewatch experience. I'm Sloan. I'm Mina. And I'm Tom. Happy, happy second Pride episode of the NovaCast. Today <laughs> we are talking about the gay episodes 22 and 23. So gay. I, look, Karada's kind of zesty. I'm just going <laughs> to say it. Sloan points at our new antagonist and goes, fruit. I look, I'm okay. I'm just saying I I looked it up on on fan fiction and AO3. The fact that there was not like a ton of Samson and Kurata effects is like what are these people doing? This is the <laughs> ultimate enemies to en- to super enemies like setup right here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Kurata is Kurata is king bitch. Like he I is, love him. I I'm, I'm so happy that I finally get to talk about my my nasty my nasty stinky man. <laughs> the little sneezy rap boy. Just immediately not necessarily the character that I expected. Um I was expecting much more of like a sniveling and he kind of is, but like the the they, they clearly had a lot of fun with him, which is yeah. great. And I I'll, I'll, I'll talk more about this <laughs> when we get to the episode, but like even even his voice actor is is an oddity by by Digimon standards. Okay. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Th- these episodes are good. These might be two of my favorite episodes in this uh particular series so far. It's it's a wonderful um it's a wonderful like unfolding of the plot cuz the plot's been rolling for like 10 episodes at this point, but this is where yeah. things start to click into focus. Yeah, I I I even checked um cuz on the playlist I have on ar- archive.org it like lists it has them all in a row and it's like I think um, the Biomon episode was episode 13. So yeah, like we're 10 episodes into like the plot at all. Yeah, yeah, we, we're definitely not serialized. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the right one. Yeah, you, you, we're definitely into the serialized part of the show and, and it's it's just really good. It's just enjoyable. Yeah. Um, Karada is definitely a fun a fun um, wrinkle in, in things as well. So um, really enjoying his presence here. What what I really like about uh, Digimon Savers is that it basically only has two arcs. Like oh. it has it has the slice of life stuff at the start, but all that stuff was leading up to this, like the culmination of this arc. And this arc will go for a while longer, and then there's one more arc, and then it's done. It's very wow. lean. That's that's I, that's unexpected, because like most Digimon shows, you know. We're kind of like, oh, like you get like a good three, four arcs type of deal, right? Like, this... yeah, some sometimes more. Frontier had like five arcs. <laughs> we don't. It is so wild how drastically different this is by how how focused this show is in comparison to Frontier, which feels like it tried to cast a very wide net and do everything at once, you know? Because yeah. you got like, oh, the legendary warriors, you got Cherubimon. Oh, then you got the Royal Knights, and you got a Demon Lord. Like, they they wanted to have everything possible, but this is just very, like, okay, like, we we know what we want at what specific time. We're going to unfold this as we need to, and it's going to be kind of slow, but once it gets into things, once it, like, gets into the meat of things, like, it's really going to get going, and I think it's super effective with that. Yeah, and, like... I think we were we were we, during our zero two retrospective. We were talking about how one thing we wish um, zero two had was that Oikawa was introduced earlier, so that he had more time to like get you know get focus and development as an antagonist. And it feels like they definitely took that into 
account because like you know the it, like we've are we've already got a human antagonist you know this early in the show yeah like this this series is what like 48 episodes i want to say oh uh, yes that's, it is unfortunately the shortest um season of digimon but it makes if i think because of the fact that it was plotted out from the beginning um, it makes much better use of that runtime. Like it, nothing ever feels like it's it's longer than it needs to be, or that like stuff's being wasted. Right. I was gonna say because like okay, this is forty eight episodes. They've introduced uh, Karada. Like I mean, we've had the breadcrumbs of him, but last episode was when he was introduced, and that's just under halfway through the series. That gives him plenty of time to, you you know, like get going. Like we can build him up very effectively in that time, as opposed to Oikawa, who was like four episodes, maybe five. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It it just feels like the show is a lot further in than it than it than previous. Yeah, like I say, like previous seasons have felt. Um. It's 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 a nice clip. It's it's going at a nice pace, and it feels it feels correct as well because like. You know, technically, this is the fifth season of Digimon or whatever. You know, that's not entirely how it works, really. But, you know, we are coming into this with precedent. I feel like the show expects us to have some familiarity and previous with the Digimon series. So it's nice to have a show that, like, kind of feels like it respects that. And it's like, okay, you know what, we're going to... And some of the, like, more sort of trivial things, like, okay, we're already at Ultimates now. But also in the sense of, like, okay, we are already juggling multiple protagonists um and you know we're not like dragging things out so long like the keenan stuff could could have been its own like second arc that ends up resolving in like episode 40 or whatever but like it's as in his like willingness to work with the humans i guess is is yeah but like instead it's it's we're at we're already at the point where he's like Going, gone through like several milestones on his character journey. Um, yeah, and he's going through more in these yeah, episodes. It, it, that's what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. as, as of the end of these two, yeah, he's he's definitely progressed like several times. So it's nice. It's it's got a good, yeah, like I say, a good clip to it. Um, I am really appreciating that. It makes it very watchable. Um, even you know, for a crusty old guy like me who's kind of outside. <laughs> Outside the outside the originally intended audience, but it's yeah. Uh, yeah, which is a problem that, like, you know, I think when we were watching Adventure, for example, there were certainly a few episodes where, you know, it's like the nostalgia was powering me through some of the like clunkier parts of it. Um, it, talking about like early episodes of Adventure and some of the episodes of O2 as well, which sometimes it does feel very kids' TV, um, and then usually it ends up not being that, but um. But yeah, this this show felt like hasn't really felt like it's had that problem too much. Um, yeah, I'm, oh, prob- I'm really happy you're really enjoying problem, it so far. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's so it feels so different, and yet it feels so comforting at the same time. I guess you could say, like, yeah. it's more good as Digimon, but it goes places that previous seasons haven't gone yet. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I felt like early on, when I was still sort of, you know, it was still getting started and so on i kind of felt like it was something well okay this is a show that's like more it's like grounded in the way that tamers was but also in a kind of like more sort of meathead fashion um so to speak like it's a lot like um 
I'm not sure pulpy is the right word, but uh, like, um, I, I don't know. It's hard to describe. Like maybe like superlative, I guess, because it's very, you know, you've got the cops, you've got Marcus's whole character, you know, and the action sequences. Um, you know, you've got episode one is like the local neighborhood being blown up by a big Digimon. Like it's it's a lot more over the top than yeah. Tamers was, it, but it but it there, still there's feels definitely grounded. a reason. Like the the go to metaphor I use is that this this season is the Metal Gear Rising to Tamers MGS two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, because that so early on, that's what it felt like. It, it is yeah, it felt like a sillier version of the kind of world we see in Tamers, or even in some episodes of the Idaba arc in Adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, uh, sorry, at this point, however, like twenty-three episodes in, it there's been layers added on top, which is giving it. It's like I feel like I understand the savers' flavor now. Um, uh, rhyming not intended there. Uh, um, it's it's. I think it's the presence of like the. You know, in this you've got the you've got like the political stuff. Obviously, it's not. I wouldn't say this is an overly political show, but it's um, at least not it's about def- cops. It's a political show, Tom. I, I hate to tell you, <laughs> inherently, <laughs> intentionally, I guess is what I mean. But yeah, um, it's it's obviously it's more uh, it's more concerned with the characters or whatever. But like, I feel like that's definitely adds. Again, that's that that is like a spice in the in the recipe or whatever. Like it is it's definitely that and I think the whole Keenan stuff's interesting, um, and the interplay between the you know, the human digital world. Yeah, it's definitely got its own flavour by now, is what I'm trying to say. It doesn't feel like this, but like adjusted a bit. It feels like its own distinct, you know, um place in the overall world or universe or whatever that is the digimon franchise so um that's that's cool and 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 it helps that it's a good one what (laughs) i really enjoy about this is like like you were saying it's like yeah this is has a lot of like conventions of past digimon and like obviously like oh like you sort of know what you're getting into because it's digimon right like we we sort of know how how things will unfold we we know how characters might grow to a certain extent, but they're not at all afraid to sort of flip some of these conventions on their head in a way similar to like a Tamers type of thing, right? Like, you know what to expect from a Digimon show, but because of that, they're going to switch things up to keep it fresh. And I really appreciate that. And I think they've been doing a very good job at that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I'm very easy to, to. I'm very eager to dig in. Have we got any major news this week? No news. There is no news. There is no news. I'm Bayonetta. <laughs> You're Jean. We're sitting we, at the desk. We need to edit a picture of Mickey and Megumi sitting at that desk. Oh, okay. I can. I can attempt. I'll attempt that. There is no news. <laughs> there is no news. There is no news. I mean, we're used to you... that as as Digimon fans. The only. I've got news, actually. Oh, the, is this card so, game news? Yes, we, we actually got two new Digimon revealed via the card game. Ooh, oh, that's so right. They're they're going to appear in Digimon Seekers, but they haven't gotten that far yet. So these two <laughs> Digimon's official reveals 
were through their card, their, their trading cards being made available uh, as part of the BT14 set that's releasing in Japan at the end of the, at the end of this month, and will be releasing in North America in October, I believe. Um, so this is very exciting for me personally, um, as a known lover of the Commander Online. Um, they have introduced a new champion and a new mega for this line as well. Ooh. So let me let me let me bring it up real quick. I want to be able to show you. For a second, I thought you were going to bring up the uh, the Lugamon uh, Evos that were... Like, oh, I don't give a shit about those things. <laughs> but it's Dog. <laughs> yeah. Return to Dog. But they're not my silly little boys. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, Understandable. so... Understandable. Have a great day. So you both you both know Commandermon, right? Like my my little my little soldier my little soldier boys. Yeah. Do you know Commandermon, Tom? Uh, so, vaguely, it rings a bell. Okay, okay, I'll I'll, I'll send a picture of Commandermon real quick. Is this just so like com- gonna be? Is this gonna be bad company from JoJo's? Is is this basically what? what sort of. Be? Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm in. Um. So Commander Commandermon is probably best described as like military Agumon, like it is essentially. A little Agumon in a military helmet and fatigues with an assault rifle. <laughs> um, and even his skin is like urban camo patterned. Oh, cool. Man, <laughs> Digimon is such a good franchise. And they are they are infamous for being total dumbasses in, in media, which is great. <laughs> They're a little, little incompetent army of, of, of dweebs. Um, are these any relation to the SWAT Digimon from like that appeared in Ghost Game? Uh yes, so the the evolve into Seals Dramon, which is the the serial killer um yeah. Digimon <laughs> from the, that infamous episode of Ghost Game. Um, I miss you, Professor Bokomon. I think about you every day. <laughs> <laughs> Never forgot what they took from us. Uh and then traditionally, um after Seals Dramon, the, the Command Dramon line goes uh Tank Dramon, which is this guy right here. And then Dark Dramon, which is my my personal all time favorite Digimon, the the one I made an entire deck around in um the card game, like the thing that got me into the card game. Uh and that's this this boy right here. Big ornate uh cyborg dragon with a huge lance on one of his arms. Uh it's he's very silly and I love him for that. These are really leaning into the, the tropes of Digimon design, which fair play. Yeah, that's exactly why I love it. Um, so anyway, Digimon Seekers has the Commandermons, uh, an army of Commandermons under the employ of the antagonist, which is the Digipolice. Um, and as part of that, they are in, they they introduced two new, uh, or actually techn- technically three more. I mean, one of them was already in Adventure Twenty Twenty, so it's not really new. But um, so. Uh, Instead of following the Seals Dramon, Tank Dramon, Dark Dramon evolution line like uh, Command Dramon has since its introduction back in like 2006, 2007, I think. Uh, this instead, so this is this new champion called High Command Dramon. It's High like High Command <laughs> it, <laughs> it's it looks, just Greymon with a gun and a riot it's, shield. It's, it's Greymon with a gun and a riot shield, specifically Virus Greymon. Um, it's got like the metal Greymon hair sticking out the back. Uh, it's very silly. I I think it's fun. Um, and then instead of Tank Dramon as its its ultimate, uh, they've introduced an aerial variation called Cargo Dramon, which yes. again was already in Adventure Twenty Twenty. So this isn't technically new. No, that wasn't 
in Adventure 2020. Was it not? It was uh, revealed. It was revealed in like the first thing for Seekers. Oh okay. yeah, yeah. What this was, was this, what was the one th- in Adventure 2020 then? The big like transport. Oh, is, are you talking about Commandomon? That's it. Yeah, bus? I was thinking. Yeah, I was thinking of a different one. Dog bus. Anyway, yeah, this was revealed prior, so this isn't new. But they did they, they did just reveal the card for it, which is pretty cool. Man, um, I love these silly Digimon. Um. So then they also introduced a new mega for it, um, which, <laughs> give me one second. Please just be a Boeing 747. <laughs> uh, a new With mega a giant for revolver. It. It's called a, Brig- a Brigadramon, and this takes the Wargramon to a very literal extent. <laughs> that is, I love Digimon. It's. It's so great. It's literally just Wargramon with a minigun for a hand with Dark Dramon's, like, uh, armor all over it and a jetpack on its back. So what, wait, what's this one called? Brigadramon. Brigadramon, okay. Hmm. Um, so yeah, the, it's... So, it's... so, so, Wargramon, which is this Digimon, basically, um, Wargramon has the, like, Draymon destroyers or whatever they're called on, yes. on his hands. Yeah. But then there's another Digimon, which is basically the same guy, I think, except with a minigun. And that's a Dromon. That's where yes. I, feel, I feel like we're losing the plot. <laughs> Nothing matters anymore. <laughs> Everything is just a, a, a Draymon at this point. Who are naming these um, Digimon? No, it's not important. I just, I don't know. That, that, that just came to mind just then. I thought, that's silly. So- <laughs> I think I think this thing's cool. It, honestly, it looks like a Jogress between Wargramon and Darkdramon. Yeah, yeah, I like them. I think this is the first time that a Wargramon type has been used as an antagonist since uh, Zero Two. So I'm <laughs> I'm very into that. Give Black War, give that Black Wargramon in particular a minigun. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. There would be so many problems would be solved, but like problems for him, not for like the protagonists. Yeah. Um, they also, yeah, they also did leak um, Lugamon's uh, ultimate and mega forms. As I said before, I don't care about that. I just care about my boys. Um, I, but I do know that some people might consider those to be actual story spoilers, since they'll be tied to like the development of the main character's partner Digimon rather than um, just the antagonist uh, Digimon's various forms. So won't post about that here if you want to if you want to look it up like it's the the images are out there they're not hard to find um but yeah i'm i'm very happy it's it's a bummer that my my sweet boys are are being used as a part of a police force i wish that wasn't part of it at the very least the police are bad guys in this series so like we'll take what we can get if this turns out to be a rad anti-fascist um you know digimon story i will i will take that on the chin (laughs) On behalf I mean, of the Commandermon, they are the they are they are basically military Digimon. So, yeah, but they're silly. They're very <laughs> silly, Tom. You must understand. <laughs> I feel like this is inevitable, but yeah, I get it. I get it. The command. I I love the Commandermon. They're so funny. What's that yeah. Luke image from Street Fighter Six? Like when my big Chungus is revealed as a as doing war crimes in the Middle East. <laughs> I okay. This is this is official art of of. Commandramon and Sealstramon, like it's a banner for the D Brigade, and like how can you not love these little guys? <laughs> they're, they're such a goobers. They want you to give them giant meat on the bones and to join the D Brigade. Yeah. 
it's just so funny because like in every card art for for Command Jermon, they either like they're getting into some kind of shenanigans, like one of them's getting blown up in the background, or they're holding their rifle wrong, or the helmet is a bit too big and it's t- tilting over their eyes. They're it's impossible not to love them. Like they're like little toy soldiers. I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about Seals Jermon just having the Jack Krauser pose or in like all of his art, <laughs> but whatever. Who who would fight Seals Jermon in a homoerotic knife battle? Uh Leomon. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Leomon. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But speaking yeah, un- of Leomon, unfortunately, all cops are bastards, especially the bastard cops in the in the Digi Police. <laughs> Those class traitors. <laughs> all Digimon go to heaven. Except, <laughs> all become Except Digi-X. class traitors in the D Brigade. <laughs> they become DigiX, or do they? Oh, and speaking of. I guess Speaking of Digi Eggs and yes. Leomon, yes. Yeah. yeah, segue. Would you would you like to do us the honors? I would love to do the honors. So, the first episode we're going to cover today is episode twenty two of Digimon Data Saber Squad. The English title is "The Wrath of Saber Leomon," and the Japanese title is "Defeats the Ultimate Level: The Angry Wave of Saber Leomon." It first aired in Japan on September tenth, two thousand six. Missed it by one day and aired in English on March 10th, 2008. So this is this is a pretty dense episode, so we'll try to keep um, the plot summary to a minimum, because I, I assume we're just going di- to dissect the fuck out of it after anyways. So this one opens up basically right where the last one left off. Dats is kind of licking their wounds following the catastrophic attack by the Digimon army in the last episode. They were basically only saved because... Some mysterious figure opened a digital gate that sucked all of the enemy combatants back into the digital world. And they're a bit disquieted by, you know, how how close they came to to failing utterly. So, just when they're debating what they're going to do next, Director Hashima comes back in. I think it's very important to emphasize, in this episode especially, that he is not the director of DATS. He is a member of of the Ministry of Confidentiality. He has no actual authority within DATS. So, with that context, it makes what he does what he does here a lot more sensical. So he has with him a man named Akihiro Kurata, who is a scientist who's been researching not explicitly the digital world, but like digital life forms in general. And he has been working with the Ministry of Confidentiality for years. And because of Das's screw ups and how you know after last episode, it's impossible to keep things under wraps. He assigns Kurata to an executive position on DATS so that he can oversee another expedition into the digital world and hopefully broker some form of peace or solve this problem to stop the human world from being endangered by them anymore. Kurata is immediately identifiable as the dude we saw at the end of the last episode, the guy who opened the digital gate and sucked all of the Mountain Kingdom's forces into it. I love how much of a dick he is. In this episode, he, he plays it so coy, like giving, especially in the Japanese version, he gives a lot of, you know, praise and aggrandizing thanks and whatever to oh, whoever it was that opened that gate. You know, they were a real hero. <laughs> it's it's really fun. He, he's obviously like slimy from minute one and even Marcus gets bad vibes from him right away. But because he is officially their supervisor now, they can't really do anything about it. So the first order of business is they start having a debate over what will happen to Keenan and Falcomon since they're still in Dat's custody. Kurata says that as the new you know administrator, he should be the one to decide where they end up, and kind of alludes to he in this conversation he seems a lot more interested in Falcomon than Keenan, which is a bit disquieting. 
and Marcus picks up on the rancid vibes and immediately volunteers to take them back to his house and take care of them, which he does. He so Karada is you know a bit of a bit of a spineless weenie. He doesn't put up much of an argument. So Marcus takes Keenan and his his birdie buddy and takes them back to his own home. They have a night of goofing around, you know, arguing over dinner, playing weird games like Jenga style games with shogi tiles. And then having a huge pillow fight while Sarah and Christy kind of look on with amused exasperation. Meanwhile, in the digital world, Gatsuman limps back <laughs> into Saber Leomon's lair after getting his ass fully kicked last episode. And kind of begs Saber Leomon to, to go in personally and, and finish off Dats over the, you know, this, this petty grudge he now has over them. Saber Leomon decides that he's the only one strong enough to protect the digital world, so he needs to go and make sure that the humans don't pose a threat to them anymore. So he marches off intent on, on finishing what his army started last episode. Back in the human world, Keenan wakes up and he's having some, a bit, some very confused feelings about being in the Daemon household. He briefly hallucinates Sarah as Frigimon, and that kind of sends him into a bit of a depressive episode they're about to have breakfast when all three members of dats like the, the the main trio get alerts that saber leomon has entered the real world and is attacking an oil refinery you know the entire thing is going up in flames and it's a very urgent mission so marcus is very gr he's more upset about <laughs> missing his breakfast than the oil refinery being blown up but he he charges up regardless and encourages keenan to come along with him and and you know be a man and faces his destiny. But Keenan, again, has, has very conflicted feelings. He still isn't 100% sure what his place in the world is. The last episode, in the sub, he explicitly tried to sacrifice himself so that, you know, there would be no conflict between worlds. And in this episode, he's still kind of, like, dealing with the, the, the fallout of that decision, even if he didn't end up going through with it. Marcus leaves him behind and, and rushes on to, to fight Saber Leomon. But of course, Saber Leomon, being a mega level, absolutely thrashes the main trio's asses. You know, he all, even three ultimates can't stand up to him. And just when all hope seems lost, when it seems like he's going to finish them off, this bizarre purple mechanical life form shows up. In the Japanese version, it explicitly shows a crosshair on Saber Leomon's head, then shoots him with a laser beam that causes him to like shudder and feel this bizarre existential dread this distracts him long enough for marcus to power up and punch his fang clean off with his digi soul engaged rise Greymon is able to use this opportunity to get back on his feet and shoot saber leomon pump him full of digital lead which blows him the fuck up and turns him back into a digi egg but unusually the digi egg then dissolves it is destroyed fully being absolutely obliterated. And this is when Corrado shows up and once again kind of does his sly little pat himself on the back going, oh, I wonder what that thing was. You sure would have failed if it didn't help you. And amidst all this, Keenan, who I forgot to mention earlier, did show up midway through the battle and tried to reason with Saber Leomon, is feeling even more lost about his place in the world. And that's kind of where this episode ends, with the gang once again feeling like they're independently hopeless, having once again been saved by the intervention of a strange technology, and are, just like Keenan, adrift as to what their place in the world is. The stinky little rat man uh, constantly flexing for himself. 
Whoever, I love it, it. whoever did that must be the coolest, strongest, and least allergy affected person in Japan, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah. Uh so finally we get the answer to how 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 can Digimon be be destroyed without a trace? Like how do they how do you uh, you know skip the digi egg reincarnation process? And there we go. So these little bastards. I don't think they're named for a couple episodes, but are you all okay with me using the name for them just for convenience's sake? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Okay. So these these little guys are called Gizmon. Um you know, obviously a play on Gizmo. Um, the, the sub, or the dub, rather, refers to them as Gizumon, because, uh, it is one of many unfortunate examples of Toei-mandated, um, botched localization. Uh, they, they know it's Gizmon, they want to call it Gizmon, but they have to call it Gizumon. So. Toei-mandated oopsie-whoopsies. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's far from the most egregious we're going to get. Uh, but it is a reminder that yes, unfortunately, the dub has some some weird instances of over over pronouncing or over translating things uh, that they wanted to uh, correct but weren't allowed to. Uh, immediately, I just love how how cold and, for lack of a better word, inhuman these things look. Like they're they you know there have been mechanical Digimon before, like Machine Dramon or Mechanorimon or whatever but like i think these are the coldest looking ones like there is no light behind that little camera of an eye that it has yeah like it doesn't have a face it doesn't have eyes like there's no like recognizable like human qualities behind it like yeah. archimon mm-hmm. has eyes like mechanorimon has a weird eye machine Dramon has a face like etc etc but this is like the first machine type digimon we see that just is like devoid of any humanity just from its appearance yeah, I, I did not believe this was a Digimon at all. In fact, I thought when they alluded to it being a Digimon, which I think might be the next episode, um, yeah. I was like, that's probably an error of some sort. Um, I am very surprised by that. It's definitely the most inhuman one. I just figured Karada would like called in the kill streak or whatever, and, and that's why. <laughs> <laughs> he basically did. He just... Okay, I'm just going to say, this wowed me. I'm pretty sure Saber Leomon's fangs are chrome digizoid. So whatever uh, Gizumon did, I don't mean to say Gizumon, I, Gizmon did, enabled Marcus to break through the strongest metal in both worlds. That yeah. is bananas. It's it's like a destabilization beam, right? Like you can see literally Saber Leomon's atoms like shuddering when it gets hit. And when it shows right. a brief shot from his perspective, the entire world is going blurry because his eyes are are not functioning properly. He right. literally gets like the the he's the mind crush from Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, like the full inverted color palette when the it's laser hits him. So good. Okay. Um there is something I noticed. Uh Karada and Thomas kind of have a a weird face off going and I'm really interested to see more. Yeah. Because like Thomas is like calling his bluffs and whatnot. The there's unfortunately a layer to this missing in the dub. In the sub, whenever Karada talks to Thomas, he calls him Dr. Thomas, and Thomas explicitly does not like this. <laughs> Interesting. That's yeah. Funny. Like, he, he, whenever he, like, he, he, you know, theorizes something or, like, you know, uh, corrects something that, like, a bluff that Karada was trying to say, um, he would be like, oh, excellent work, Dr. Thomas. And a couple times he has to be like, please don't call me that. 
Please, Dr. Thomas was my father's name. Call me Thomas. <laughs> He's such a... Yeah, I don't know. I really like how slimy he is. Like, it's it's really fun. Um, He's so slimy. It, I love him. Yeah. Absolute just, rat man. It just feels like he, he has he has to, like, get one over on, like, literally everyone in the room. Um, there's some, and I think this gets even better in the next episode. Uh, but like, I, I'm, I'm just a big fan of that. Um, I, I, one thing I didn't realize though is that they don't know yet that he did the portal thing from the last episode. I, I think like I just assumed that they knew that was him, but I guess that's not that's not the case. I think no. they said it. I thought they said it was him. Like he revealed, like, oh yes, I was the one who did it. I'm so smart and genius. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they did, because I, I just watched the sub, and at least in the sub, he keeps it very ambiguous. Like, oh, whoever did that is really smart. <laughs> maybe maybe I'm having a fever dream, then. That's not too out okay. of I've I've got goldfish memory. I just remember whatever the last thing I saw was. <laughs> maybe, um, maybe he hey, does explicitly same, reveal it in the dub. Same, Dusty. <laughs> um, I do like that he describes himself as a Digimon nerd. Yeah, like the like the pokey nerd, like in Pokemon, like he like instead of like a slow poke tail like costume, he's wearing like an Agumon tail costume. <laughs> yeah, he, he. I think I think the, the the subs, at least the subs I was watching, said he he described himself as a real Digimon freak, and I was like, yeah, that's all of us. We're all real <laughs> Digimon freaks. The Novacast Digimon freak experience. I can be your Digimon nerd or your Digimon freak. <laughs> Digimon nerd in the streets, Digimon freak in the sheets. There we go. Perfect. Um, <laughs> it's, it's good. Yeah, I like the um, Saber Leomon stuff is... I was not expecting him to just get owned in this episode. Like, Yeah, I, oh, completely. I, like, I had a theory and I was like, oh, wow, so they just completely blew a hole in my theory. It's like, I know it has to happen every series. Like, it's tradition at this point. Um, but it is very, it is very stark and and shocking how brutal this Leomon's death is. Yeah, Yeah, Leomon's have never had a peaceful death, honestly, and this one is no exception. Yeah, they kind of, I'm like, when it happens, like after the egg blows up or whatever, like their reaction to it isn't as strong as I might have expected. Like, I don't think they seem to quite cotton on to the fact that he just died, like. I don't know. It doesn't seem like. I mean, obviously they were just fighting him or whatever, but like, I don't think they seem to really understand what's just happened. Yeah, um, there's definitely some confusion because even next episode, they're like, what happened? Yeah, exactly. It's like the egg, the egg's gone. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. like the like theoretically, the only one who should be as freaked out are like uh, Keenan and Thomas, or not Keenan and Thomas, Keenan and Falcomon, just because you know they're how close they were to to what happened in the digital world where Digimon just died. Like, if I was keen and I would be pooping myself if I saw Saber... One of the kings of the digital world just get egged incredibly easily and then blow up. Yeah. Something I added up there. No. It's, it's really interesting. That was... Yeah, I did not expect that. Like, I was genuinely very surprised like they kind of like tease like the like gizmon like in the next time on from the last episode for this one and i was like oh okay i didn't expect us like to to have this 
But then, like, the fact that, like, they they would have been dead if it weren't for this thing. And how effective and precise this thing was in shutting down Saber Leomon is just, like, frightening. Yeah, bad vibes. Bad vibes all around for, for Gizmon. <laughs> um, yeah. I really... Um, I, I did feel like his... His recounting of, like, what happened when the humans came to the digital world is just so obviously wrong. And it's, like, one of these things... It does make him... I guess it is kind of, like... I don't know, foreshadowing is the right word, but he does. He definitely makes him seem a bit dimmer than Marukimon is, or, like, reinforces that fact following seeing him in the previous episodes. Because this idea is just, like, oh, there was a thing, and the storm, and only the Digimon were affected. And then the humans came and killed all the Digimon. It's like, well, I mean... As the audience, we know that's blatantly probably not entirely. You're kind of misinterpreting the facts there, or or whatever. Like maybe that did happen, but like that obviously wasn't all the humans or whatever. Like I don't know. It's just it's just such a like a. It seems really extreme. I think I think they've been quite good about talking around talking mostly talking around the specifics of what the humans did in the past. So having Saber Leomon just be like. This happened and basically just described, like, a war crime. Yeah, makes... and in the sub, he straight up says, those bastard humans killed all of our allies. Yeah, like... it, it, and, and then, the, like, the flashbacks with all the Digimon just getting murked is like, I don't know, I don't feel like this is an accurate narrator or whatever. Um, I don't know, like, I'm... I don't like Saber Leomon in the sense that he, he is a no-good big kitty who wants to just kill... But I am trusting his position more than I would ever trust any of the humans. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I mean, in terms of the, like... Like, he is not, like, slimy or deceitful or anything like that. He's just clearly... Just, it, just, it just feels very evident that he's got the wrong end of the stick. Um, and, that's, and that's probably not even his fault, you know? Um, like, it, I guess at the end of the episode, you do almost feel kind of a little bit sorry for him. Especially because... You know, he was murdered. <laughs> um, but, like, in this incident, it's like, okay, this is, this guy's a bit, a bit, a bit, this is a bit over the top, I suppose. Compared to the way that Murukimon speaks about it, which is like, he is righteously furious or whatever, but, like, he doesn't seem as, like, completely cartoon villain as Saber Leomon kind of does. Um, I don't yeah. think that, I don't think that Dr. Claw voice helps for Saber Leomon, like, when he's always talking, no, I can't do it. When he's always yeah. talking like this, um, it's not like. Great. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why you'd get Paul Saint Peter and not use his beautiful smooth voice. <laughs> but no, need mon- need to do monster voice. Yeah, monster voice makes you know that that character bad. Well, I guess with him only showing up, for, well, presumably only only showing up for like this long, I guess it's whatever. <laughs> but yeah, he's hard to take seriously, so it's probably for the best that he dies in this episode, um, rather than becoming like a reoccurring villain for the entire arc. But yeah, I do like Sabley Mar. I think he is cool, and I think it's bullshit that Mark has exploded his fang with a with a a punch. Does <laughs> that <laughs> <Just> add up? <laughs> Honestly, be glad I was his fang. If he had punched him in the head, it probably just would have gone through his skull. <laughs> <laughs> he just, like, gives him just giant blood yeah. that erupts. Oh, God. Uh, fucking... Yeah, it would, it would be like the bloody mess perk in the Bethesda Fallout games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
you see, like, you see the Vats thing, like, the Vats slow-mo from New Vegas, but it's just Marcus's fist shooting out of nowhere and just turning Saber Leoma into a pile of gore. Turn, turning him to, like, four rib cages and, a, and three skulls. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really thought the bits with um, Keenan going to Marcus's house were, were, were cute. Um, yeah, that, that whole... I love it. Like that, the, he's just his little brother now. <laughs> the whole extended bit with like when, when Falcomon gets unboxed, uh, <laughs> it's really funny. Um, they, they linger on that. They linger on that moment very long <laughs> for like a lot. It's effective. Longer. Yeah, there's a really funny moment in um in the sub that I'm sad they removed in the dub. because uh, I think in in both versions, it's a bit of a running joke that. Uh, Marcus never calls Falcomon Falcomon. Like, he always comes up with nicknames for him. Like, in, I, I actually looked back on previous episodes and, like, he calls him, like, Falco Guy and Bird Brain and Featherhead and whatever. Um, so when, when Keenan and Falcomon sh- show up at the Damon house, Marcus is introducing them. It's like, this is Keenan and Bird <laughs> in the sub. <laughs> that's, that's so funny. <laughs> like, he blanks. He, he, he thinks for a second and just goes, Bird. <laughs> All, all of Marx's best friends are Featherheads. It's it's really good. I, I I'm sad that they they cut it out in the dub. <laughs> That's a, that was a good joke, Steve. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I just I absolutely love the whole sequence of like him being there. Like it's just so absolutely sweet and adorable. Like we've sort of seen Marcus be like a rowdy older brother type of deal. Like, kind of like a sort of like a slightly mean older brother. Like, I'm going to pound my little brother when I catch up to him, that little dingus. And now he's just like, oh, like, come on, we're going to have some food. We're going to stay up all night with a pillow fight. Come on, bro. It's going to be so fun. Mom bought us Mountain Dew and let us rent GoldenEye 64. A, re- a little animation um, detail that I really liked is when when they're playing the, the makeshift Jenga game uh, with the shogi pieces. Reverse Jenga, as I called it in my notes, because <laughs> everything's already <laughs> fallen down and you have to pick out the pieces. Yeah, um, so when uh, it's established that if you mess up, you get a forehead flick as punishment. Um, and during the scene, it doesn't show the front of Marcus until after he delivers the flick, and then it shows him, and he's got this really dark red mark on his forehead, which implies I, that he's he's been he's fucked up several times and it's been flicked a lot. I didn't even <laughs> notice that. That is so good. It's really cute. Yeah, none of none of them seem like they have the precision required for such a game, except for maybe like Falcomon. <laughs> so, um, what a strange game. Yeah, the whole sequence where they're like. Um, they where they turn into demons. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh no, I fucked <laughs> up, and it's like we're gonna we're gonna kill you. <laughs> we're like, going to kill you in real life, Keenan. Welcome to hell, motherfucker. Is is basically the vibe of that scene. It's 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 weird, <laughs> but like, it's kind of fun. So, um, I do. Like, I love. I do. I, like... I just. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I just want to say because so for Christy, like that scene with Christy and um. Falcomon. I like that it just takes forever and you can just see basically see the gears turning in her head. Like not even literally, but like um you just see the gears turning in her head to Am I going to make a big deal out of this? And like I love I love that she goes that she decides to just focus on the fact that they smell like shit instead. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like Falcomon had the dangerous sweats going. I was concerned for him. Yeah, that, that he he looked distraught. Um which is very fun. <laughs> 
Yeah, I just, I just really love this whole sequence, like the dinner and like the like them hanging out. Like, I just think it's like really like cathartic and sweet. Like for something that like we haven't had a focus on like since episode twelve, episode eleven type of deal of like Marcus being at home or like say like Thomas and Yoshi coming over type of thing, like just enjoying a meal. Like, because of how the plot has ramped up, it sort of has pushed away from, like, the normalcy of, like, going home, having dinner with family, relaxing type of thing. And I like how it sort of, at least briefly, sort of jumps back to that to show sort of the way that, you know, Keenan is settling in and is finding a, a new place in the human world where he didn't have one before. Like, I just I just think it's very effective in sort of showing... Uh, how Digimon Data Saver Squad has like represented like this normalcy for Marcus and doing it for Keenan, and also like actually giving a good moment for Keenan because he has been through just so much like he's been through so much stuff that it's so nice to see him relax finally. You know, you know what you know what I like about this is that it almost feels like Marcus himself is like reaching out to like the script and just being like, hang on. And just like making the writers take a pause for a second because it just it honestly just feels like he's he's like hang on no stop we need to chill for a second. There's been yeah <laughs> too 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 many like guys in suits doing shit. There's been there's been a lot there's been a lot going on. Like we need to just take a chill for a moment, um, which of course means he actually he just wants food. Um, yeah, <laughs> but uh... yeah, I I would eat that fried egg curry as soon as I saw that. I had a a great dinner last night. I was like, I want some fried egg curry right now. <laughs> it honestly, I just feel like the strength of his character is so is so like well done that it just feels like he is forcing the plot to go in a that different direction for a moment. Um, you know, rather than it just being like a a natural moment, I guess, for them to go home. It, and like, like literally in the plot, it's Marcus going, okay, well, we should, I should, I should take care of Keenan, you know, uh, and that's what forces it. But it does, it does feel like he's kind of taking the reins for a second, which is, it, it's, it's cute, it's fun, and it, and it speaks to his like continued, like, brotherliness, I suppose. Like, yeah, it's, I, yeah. Is... I think that's why this episode works so well. Is that it's got really important action, really important plot. But also really important, like you know, downtime. Like I'm, I'm searching for the word. It's, it's not. It's not. It's, I don't think it's pathos. Ethos is that it? Maybe I was gonna say is it's very necessary. Not just important, but in my opinion, necessary. Like the ability for our characters and by extension us to like sort of deflate and relax a bit after all that's been happening. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it, it's that. Um, it's. It's definitely a needed like pace pace break because as much as I've enjoyed how fast things have been moving and the plot's been going on, the characters have been developing and so on and so forth, um, we have basically been in action. You know, we've been going at sixty miles an hour for quite a while now. Um, yeah, and I didn't even really think about it until until now. But until they sort of like slam on the brakes and say, yes. "Okay, we're going through the school zone. We're going to take a chill for a little bit." Yeah, exactly. Like Marcus just hits the brakes and goes like cartwheeling out the window, uh, out the front window of the car, and lands perfectly. And it's like Marcus it's... wouldn't wear a seatbelt. You're so right. Chill. No, yeah, he's sliding way out of there. Yeah, yeah. he would instantly burst through the windshield. <laughs> yeah, he just jumps out and just like <laughs> punches someone like Captain Falcon or something. Um, uh, yeah, 
I don't know. It's 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 nice though. Um, um, yeah, I, I really like it, and it always, it's funny because it almost feels like you've introduced this new character, and suddenly there's like all these dudes with guns for a second. And yeah, it's very much like he's just blowing like the, the most blowing the absolute whistle. like stormtrooper. <laughs> yes, and I hate I hate that Ike Samson has to go along with this, but I do love that like he's not just he's not you know he's not gonna fall into the like head teacher like or or whatever role willingly you know they still let yeah. him have the moments of just like they just get like hey what the hell's going on he's like yeah i don't know just but but look this is this is the deal for, for right now we just have to yeah deal with he it. he's going along with it as much as he has to yeah and even then he's sort of like doing what he can to like sort of you know find a le- loophole that allows like say dads to sort of commandeer things a bit yeah and like he fully knows that they're going to break the rules in some fashion at some point. Uh, but, like, it, I like the dynamic. It definitely feels like they both know what they're... You know, both sides, like Samson and the the kids, uh, well, and Yoshi, know what know what they're all about. You know, they, she Samson knows that they're going to break the rules, and then they know that Samson isn't their enemy, I, I think. So there's no, like, real conflict there, per se, other than that, like, inevitably... When they do break the rules, Samson, that's going to give Samson a bunch of headaches. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I, I like the way that sort of Samson and Karada are having like this very quiet face-off in a sense of like, Karada just comes in, Hashima is like, this little sneezy rat is in charge now. And he sort of like, and you can tell like, Samson hates this. Like he absolutely abhors the fact he has to go along with it. And you can tell just, like, from, like, the looks that uh, Karada and Samson give each other, like, the way they interact, like, it is just, like, very good. Like, I'm hoping for a very good square off between them. Because they, they know it, each other. It feels other. like it is so rife. Like, they, they worked together on the first exposition. Like, this is, like... There's history. Yeah. Like, immediately Samson has bad vibes because he remembers what Karada was like on that expedition. <laughs> yeah, and, and we, we still don't know, like, all these details yet, which Samson clearly has, like... I don't want to say baggage with the man. I mean, part of me does because I think it's a shame that no one is making enemies to enemies ships with these two, but... Yeah. I, I, I like, I think it's obviously pretty quickly with Kudaman just immediately being like, all right, bitch, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, I want... I. I want Kudamon to curse this man out. Yeah. Just K- absolutely read him for Phil. And like, Kudamon is like, has has had no problem just like, you know, piling on people before, like Marcus in particular. Um, but I like that there's like clearly some restraint here, but like barely. Like he he's like, you know, he basically is polite for the whole sentence until like the very end <laughs> when he says, "Yeah, you want something." Um, and so that that's fun. It's it, it's it's nice to see him. I feel like we're not heard from Kudamon for a little while, so like, uh, yeah, I'm ready for him to just drop some uh, a sweet diss track on Karata. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I love how Kudamon sasses him and Karada like tries to turn it into a joke like oh Kudamon is as straight to the point as usual but it's like he he was you can tell he's a bit he's a bit pissed off about that yeah that this little weasel this little ferret is getting one up on him <laughs> <laughs> yeah Karada's what a what a good episode yeah I I love the part where um. Both for funny reasons and like, aw, and then like, oh no, sad reasons of, um, 
Keenan coming down and seeing Fridgy Mom in the apron. And I was like, oh, and he gives her the big hug. And then it's just like, wait, like, oh no, like he realizes it's Sarah. And he's like, oh no, I'm sorry. And like, just wants to run away. I'm like, oh, sweet baby. Like, he, yeah. he's just going through it. Like, she even said, oh, you can call me mom if you want. Like, no, like, no, like this kid has been through too many mothers at this point, Sarah. He's, he's I got know too- your intentions are good. But got too much mom trauma or mama as we call it. I'm trying to get some mama. <laughs> I already made that joke on Twitter, but I'll do it for the airwaves. I love Sarah so much, y'all. Like, not even in like the MILF madness way. Like, next episode is very great for her, but I, I love the way that she sort of she really takes things in stride, like in a way that is like kind of like flummoxing for me. Yeah, uh, second dinner though. I feel like Sarah. I, I don't know. I, I I'm surprised that came out of her mouth. Like I would have thought she'd just be like, I I don't know. Um, I I, she I feel like bad she'd be for more... the food bill in that house. Like I hope Samson is pitching in. She seems like she'd be more likely to like slap the bowl out of Marcus's hand. Like <laughs> you know, it, that, that, that is oh. a dub only line. And I figured. So in in the Japanese version, um. Agawan and Marcus start eating, and then Christy says to Keenan, it's like, uh, you better dig in now, or there'll be none left for you. Um, and then Keenan and Falcomon start eating, and then Sarah jokingly says to Christy, you better dig in now, or there'll be none left for you. <laughs> oh, that's cute. That's that's bad. That's a bad line. I love this weird little uh, family unit they have going. It's it's really sweet. Like Agumon is just one of the kids now, Falcomon is one of the kids, Keenan's one of the kids. Poor Christy has to put up with four dang chuckleheads just in the house at all times. Keenan and Bird. Keenan and Bird. <laughs> and this, I'm Keenan, and this is my brother, Bird. <laughs> I mean, hey, fits better than Falcomon. It is true. He is a, indeed a bird. He is he absolutely is not a falcon. One thousand percent. That's a fucking owl. That is that is an owl. I'm waiting for his head to turn to 180 degrees. <laughs> I also want to say I've been really enjoying the level of sheer danger and like absolute raw power we see from mega level Digimon in this series in particular. Like we always get it like in the past series, but there is something about, like the animation and the way like the fights go out with like with you know the first encounter with Maruki Mon. The way that Saber Leomon just effortlessly like reflects those attacks and is like slicing through oil refinery stuff and like blowing stuff up. That is just very awe-inspiring and terrifying at the same time, like in a very good way. It does a good job of of selling um Saber Leomon's power. Because he is supposed to, you know, he is a king on par with Marukimon. He should have the right. same power level. And they do absolutely sell the idea that he he is as strong as Marukimon. Like until the Gizmon got a cheap shot in. Like, there was no hope of any of the heroes winning this one. Yeah, like, I was genuinely like, what is going to happen? Because there is no way you can just get out of this. Um, it's very good. I have a question for you both. What's, What's your question? question? Uh, do you remember the worst day ever? Oh, you mean the absolute <laughs> worst day in the digital world? <laughs> I love how he just says that was a dang and romper title if I've ever heard one. Do you remember <laughs> the worst day ever <laughs> in the digital world? It's, 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 I don't know, that line is just so funny to me. It's like, come on, do you remember the war? The no, absolutely terrible, no good, very bad day. 
<laughs> like he could have just said like that's Gatsumon's entire life, frankly. He could he could have just said something like "Lo, Castor my Gatsumon back to the one of the darkest days in our history or whatever." I don't know, something like that. Like him just literally saying the worst day ever. It's like okay, you got did a thirteen year old edit this? Like what's <laughs> like a ten year old even? What's going on? That's a bad line. It's a bad line. Made funny. I, it's literally just like the, the most despairful event in the entire history of the world or whatever they use in Danganronpa, but for the digital world, it's so funny. It's the worst <laughs> Like, I can't help but laugh, even though, like, we see images of uh, army men shooting earthbound backgrounds at dudes and, like, killing Digimon effortlessly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, episode title, The Worst Day <laughs> Parentheses in the digital world. <laughs> Close, That's a good one. Close parentheses. Um, oh, that, I love I, I love this episode, y'all. We we even got that one shot from the OP, the begin well the beginning of the duel. Oh yeah, that's right. Yes, when they when they do the cut ins, when they face off before getting immediately slapped. <laughs> I think we've seen every shot in the OP now. Yes, I, I yeah, that's probably that has to be the last one because I had been like making like a little mental tally, and I imagine like the one in, like the first thing where it does like the face, and I was like. Oh, that's probably just like for the OP, but no, we have everything. Yeah, I'm guessing the maybe like none of the shots from the actual OP made it into this. It made it into the dub OP, which is kind of weird. Like normally they're like a mix. I I feel like with dub OPs, like they're usually like a mix of like footage from the Japanese OP, which is yeah usually like original animation. And then, uh, like, a mix of stuff from, like, the first few episodes of the show. But no, this is all just, like, you know, and, and like, mostly footage from, like, about the first half of the show. It goes quite deep, yeah. I guess. So Yeah, and it's a shame, because the second OP, Hirari, I, like, it has spoilers, so I understand why they can't include any footage from it. But, like, God, the, some of the imagery in that OP is fantastic. Yes, I'm guessing the the dub doesn't change OP images. No, I, as far as I'm aware, it doesn't even undarken the the the, the ultimate and mega forms that that's, shows at the start. That's silly. That's yeah. very silly. Effort, a for effort on that one. Maybe maybe with like the three dubs that I can will into existence somehow, um, they can they can just keep the OPs. Um, that'd be that'd be cute if they could do that. Um, it would be. It would. Yeah. Also, um. When they're driving to the oil refinery and it's that like horrible CG AutoCAD bridge was the funniest thing. <laughs> it just looked like so bad. I was like, you don't you don't need to do a, a, a CG bridge. Like, real, please, I ins- I insist. Okay, is this the same oil refinery all the time, or is it like a different? That, like, that's a very good question. I, I if it's the same one, I feel really bad. I hope that I hope they have like really good Digimon insurance by now. I know. I, I bet they don't. I know I've brought up Just Cause before in this context, but like, it honestly, start it's starting to feel like Just Cause Two, where there's just oil refineries everywhere. Like, this is the third oil refinery in the franchise to blow up. The second one in this series alone. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just like all the Digimon just go straight there. Like they are more effective than like almost any real life terrorist group ever. Like they they go straight to the money. Like they do. Like, okay, last episode, they were, like, fumbling around in the middle of the city or whatever, sure. But these, no, most of them are just going straight to, like, the infrastructure or, like, the energy or whatever and, like, causing havoc. Which, I, I, I don't know, if you want to, like, rile up the humans or, like, you know, take them down, probably probably where you want to be, to be honest. 
not, not that or a power grid. Yeah, yeah, not much point in harassing civilians. Um, you know, these Digimon aren't cowards or whatever. They are like, no, they know what they're doing. It's probably just a huge accident, but they still know what they're doing. <laughs> so, uh, I find that I find that quite funny. Um, I think I think uh, what I'm trying to say is Sableyamon has definitely watched uh, how to blow up a pipeline. Is that's definitely that's definitely a real thing. Honestly, like good praxis on his part. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And see, based on the fact that when when um, Bioman reincarnated and digivolved into Garudamon, he immediately also targeted the oil refinery. I think like all Digimon just have an inherent anti-capitalist like gene. Oh god, that means this is the the third oil refinery in this series because there's Maramon too. Yeah. So I'm saying yeah. oil refinery. <laughs> They're all <okay. laughs> Everyone's going straight to them. Is this like BP or something? Like why have they got such a target on the head? I don't know. That would be a very <laughs> good Digimon series, in fact. Yes, it's it's just like, I mean, oh, we're here to stop Digimon from like doing all this end of the series, they're just like full anti fascist. <laughs> it's right, stay, here to stay stop tuned. RuPaul's fracking. Stay tuned, that might be what Seekers is about. Oh god, okay. We can only hope at this rate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you said to me that's how it goes down, then maybe I'd have to actually read that. I, Is that what I, I haven't, do with that? I, do I read it? Do I watch yeah, it? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a web novel, yeah. It's a novel, okay. I haven't gotten into it myself, but like the fact that the Digipolice are so associated with Numemon uh, and Sukumon to the point where one of their chief of, chiefs of staff wears a Numemon pin on her jacket, like they're, they're drawing associations between the slime, disgusting Digimon and the police. Whether whether they want to acknowledge or not, you're you're right. There's a girl boss like a uh, digi police woman though, so like no, police are never girl bosses. I, no, uh, but like it's like girl boss like derogatory. Okay, I, mean. I see. You know, <laughs> like yeah, okay, you know what I mean. <laughs> I think, which I think I I, I personally want to say all all girl bosses are derogatory. <laughs> It's just just the point of being a girl boss is for it to be derogatory. Just, just a, yeah, you don't want to be a boss. You want to be the, the workers or whatever. I don't know. You want to be the workers. Here, I'll, Have you I'll ever post respected a, a girl boss? I'll post a picture of her if you haven't seen her, Tom. Okay. Like, peep the, peep the new Mimon pin. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Some of this character design is, like, very... I don't know. I I mean, like, it's it's not bad or whatever. I'm not trying to say that. I just don't think it's... I don't know. Very Digimon, I guess. It's it's much more subdued. The proportions are correct, so... Um... It, see, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Advanced Wars Day of, Days of Ruin, or... <laughs> oh. um, what was it called oh. over there, Tom? Dark, Dark Conflict? Dark Conflict. Yeah. It's ex- exactly the same vibe to me. Like the, me the way when that I'm they... trying to find the remote in the dark. <laughs> like, the way that the shading and colors uh, look, like how it, everything has this almost sort of gothic edge to it, Isn't it definitely... That... Isn't that Falke for Street Fighter? <laughs> it sure looks like, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a, sorry, uh, Mina posted another character into the into the chat, and it looks. I yeah, that's like... that's that's Shu Shu Yulin. She is the um the head of the Digital Police, I believe. See that between the haircut and like the pose, like that is a, a girl boss derogatory. <laughs> Absolutely going to ask to speak to the manager every time McDonald's gets her orders. Her order is slightly wrong, <laughs> and she's like, "This McDonald's." They took a bite of my McChicken. I'm going to Numemon kill them. Press their skulls. <laughs> Numemon slime up their milkshake machine. 
If I can't get my McFlurry, no one can. No Maymon, destroy it. It's just, that, it's just that one scene in Falling Down, but like it's it's just got a new Maymon instead of a <laughs> machine gun or whatever. Uh, have 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 we got anything more to say about this episode? No, or is this is this no. tangent a sign that we should move on? This is tangent is a sign that we should move on. Yeah. All right, uh, let's take a break. Okay. As per Tom's decree, we will take a quick break, <laughs> but then we will be right back with episode 23 of Digimon Data Saber Squad. I Don't touch it. that digital dial. We took a quick break, but now we're going to cap off this episode with episode 23. Do you both mind if I take it away? Yeah, for Go it. for it. So, episode 23, one more digital dive, or in the sub, once more to the digital world in Sekimon's Great Rampage. This was written in the sub by Akihiko Inari, and it was directed by Yukihiko Nakao. It aired in Japan on September 17, 2006. And aired in the West on March 24th, 2008. So this is coming off right off the heels of the last episode. Everyone's still sort of confused of like, hey, so why is this happening? Like, what what's going on? First, the, the giant wormhole to the digital world. Now, Saber Leomon got mind crushed and was able to be destroyed. So... The Dats team is a little confused. We go to the Dats base and Karada, once again, being a little rat man with his stormtrooper goons, wants to negotiate a new treaty. And him and Hashima are talking like, Hashima's like, oh, they are irrational. They won't be able to negotiate. And Karada's like, no, no, I'll handle this. Ha ha, don't worry. And he's got his like nice shining evil anime glasses him and Thomas start to clash and Thomas sort of does this thing of like, oh, well, I'll need a day to calibrate because there's going to be so many more people on this. And Karada's like, good one, Thomas. I, I see your game type of deal. Like, they are very clearly not trusting of each other. We sort of see a little bit of a sicko mode from Karada when he interacts with Thomas. That night at the Damon household, Marcus and Agumon are sort of asking Keenan, like, hey, like, are you are you going to go? Are you sure? Because Agumon says the messed up thing of, like, hey, what, are you, are, whose side are you going to be on? And it's like, bro, and then Marcus kind of extrapolates, expands on that, says, yeah, if you don't know what the answer to that is, like, don't come. It's just going to hurt you by extension, which I appreciate. And so... We have this split between the core three going off to the digital world with Karada and his goons to go negotiate a treaty with Marukimon. While Keenan stays at home and he is sort of moping, Falcomon feels bad. There's a point where he goes up on the roof and he ends up talking with Sarah because Sarah climbs up on the roof and is like, yeah, Marcus does this a lot too. And, you know, they're sort of talking about like, Keenan is like, I, so I don't really know what to think because, like, 
you know, I'm a human and a Digimon, and that's sort of confusing to me. And Sarah is like, well, I can't answer that for you. The only one who can answer that is you because you're the only person who is both. So you, you know, but take your time. Like, you'll eventually figure out the answer type of deal. And in the digital world, we have the crew going in and Gatsumon comes in and is like, hey, humans, you little rats. I see you want to kill us all. And Kuro's like, haha, no, no. We just want to talk with me and all my armed goons. And Gatsumon sends out a Zudomon to attack them. But Zudomon, after a little bit of shenanigans with knocking Marcus and Agumon away, is defeated relatively effortlessly. He goes to the GA, he's gone. And then Gatsumon is like, well, I guess I'll have to handle it. And everyone's kind of like, bud, like, look at you. Like, you can't do this. And so Gatsumon warp digivolves into Meteormon and becomes a combination of Super Saiyan and Sans Undertale with how effortlessly he is able to lay the smack down on the crew. At this point, Karada and the goons have hidden around a corner. They are absolute cowards. They cannot take that smoke. And Meteormon is both able to summon meteors, obviously enough, but he moves at supersonic speeds and he is just crushing everyone effortlessly. And they're sort of like, oh no, what can we do? And... I don't understand what they actually do. <laughs> so it's weird because Marcus sort of is like, oh, hey, well, if he comes in close, that means he's attacking us. So we just have to attack him when he is attacking us. And so Raya's Grey Monster like, tanks a hit to the chest, slides back and grabs him, chucks him into the air. I see the, I, if, if I can interject for a second. Go and interject. Um, I'm, I need to gather my thoughts on what else is in this episode because yeah, Digimon.fandom.com is kind of slacking. The 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 sub. I like the they they cut out a really good moment in the sub where the the three ultimate level Digimon like strategize. They come up with a plan of what to do. Um, like Rise Greymon says that he'll he'll take the hit and hold him still so that Lilamon can cover him with pollen, which will immobilize him so that they can finish him off. Which like is like an actual cool strategy and they skip that over entirely in the dub and they, they may change the dialogue to just them being like what are we going to do he's too strong which like doesn't explain why they actually do what they do in the end yeah it's basically just marcus like he's gonna be close when he hits us so just hit him i guess so yeah lilamon sort of paralyzes him like with her pollen and then they all beat up on him and they win and then at that point, like he becomes a Digi Egg. We see the last of Gatsumon, that dang little rat. And I believe at that point, uh, Keenan comes in, I want to say. It's, it's after. Keenan doesn't come in until after Marcus starts talking to Marukimon. That's right. Oh, because they make it up to the Infinite Ice Ridge. And Marcus is like, hey, let's fight. The ultimate Digimon fighter and the ultimate human fighter. Let's go. And everyone's like, we are going to die if you do this, Marcus. What are you doing? <laughs> Marcus has no sense of self-preservation. The sub contextualizes this a bit more, where he he has a line about he has a line where it's like the only way that two men can understand each other is by clashing blows. Instead of talking, let's discuss with their fists. Which like fellas, is it gay? <laughs> just just is it gay? Is it gay? Is it yes. gay? The the answer is yes. But I uh, I do kind of like that framing better because like. 
it actually gets oh, it's context, much better. yeah, to why Marcus is charging in rather than just like I'm gonna beat this guy in a fight. It's like last time when I punched you, you came to some kind of realization about me. Let's let's make that happen again. Yeah, and right before that, we have Maruki Mon being like, "Oh, Damon, I know that name. I remember like Damon, Spencer. Damon, he's, Damon, he's, Damon, 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 Damon. Okay, um." <laughs> And then we have Keenan come in, the sun boy returns, and Maruki Mon's like, Keenan! And everyone's like, Keenan's here! And that's sort of where the episode ends, with Keenan. No boys allowed, sun boy allowed. <laughs> so, so, Sarah is the goat in this episode. I just want to say from the get-go, um, like her, first of all, climbing onto the roof, I couldn't do that, and I'm... Well, I'm not in good. I'm not in any sort of shape. I don't you're, know why I would say that. You're but. a real person. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a real person, which is exactly why I couldn't just climb onto the roof. <laughs> yes, exactly. But I like. She says. So I sort of said it in the uh, in the synopsis, and she's like, "Oh, whenever something was bugging Marcus, he'd come up and stare at the sky too. Like you, you two are a lot like, which is kind of like overtly textual. I wish she would have kept that last line out because we already see that they're very alike." But I, I do like that they were just so similar. And she says, you're the only one who can answer that question, Keenan, of like, is he a Digimon or is he human? She says, because you're the only one who knows what it's like to be both. Just take your time. It'll come to you. And I'm like, man, Sarah is like, I think Yuko has to move over because Sarah is the best Digimon. That's that's a bold, uh, bold claim, but there isn't very much evidence to dispute it. No, there's no. Yeah, she's doing the most heavy lifting. I love Yuko. She... She made those funny bad foods in the movie, but I feel like I feel like like Takato's parents were good representation for like real life parents and how exhausting it can be. <laughs> but like, yeah, um, and and I'm glad that this like, is like a peak anime parent of like, yes, exactly, do your best type of deal. Sarah is like, Sarah is still fairly detached from like a lot of the hardships of, of being a parent uh, especially a single mother jesus but like yeah they they um it, it it makes sense within the tone of the show to skirt around that kind of stuff and and in turn it lets it be like um you know she's not uh, yeah she's she's just a very likable character yeah yeah it's like the night before like at dinner when mark's like i have to go back to the digital world and her and christy are like oh no but and she's like don't get hurt it's like Maybe you should be a little more concerned, but you know what? Clearly, things have been working out so far, Sarah. So you do your best. It's 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 fun. Um, and then Hiroaki is just the mess, and I'll always love him. That absolute trash man. <laughs> yes, is that Matt's dad? You know about Matt's dad? That's Matt's dad. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, agreed. Yes, he's he's a lot of fun. Anyways, I just I just wanted to say my piece about Sarah because. I'm I'm adoring her. She's a wonderful character. Okay, right, cool. We can talk about the thing that I have been like wanted to talk about since I watched this episode. Then, which is, what is with this meteor modifier? Why is it just a whole ass Dragon Ball Z homage? Like, it's so good. Like, he's literally like posing like a Saiyan. He's doing the Vegeta pose, like specifically. Like, well, I guess others have done it too, but like, yeah, he's just full on Vegeta, full on through. Like obviously he's a he's a he goes for like a spirit bomb type thing to at the end he's doing instant transmission basically uh, even some of the poses that like the um, 
the, the, let's call them the Z fighters in this instance, <laughs> but like the the Digimon are doing and like kind of remind me of like some of the posters. Yeah, you'd see the Z fighters doing it like the D fighters, <laughs> the D fighters. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's fun, and then obviously at the end, it's the total like perfect cell death scene homage. Um, not quite as extreme as that one, and I, I feel like that's probably the right move. Um, but it's it's definitely fun. Um, not completely out of the blue. Um, I'm I was just thinking the whole time. Okay, who voices Gotsumon slash Meetamon in in the sub? Like, are they a Dragon Ball villain? What's 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 the connection here? Is basically what I was thinking the whole time. Okay, so I, I just looked it up. He is voiced in the sub by Ken Maeda. Let me look up what he has done. Let's get to the bottom of this. I mean, obviously... To- uh, he's only done, in terms of anime, uh, Digimon Data Squad and Fresh Pretty Cure. Okay, in terms of... Okay, I know it's Toei that does both the shows. So I guess that can just be the whole connection. Uh, maybe the maybe some of the staff share some history there or something as well. Who knows? But I, I thought it was like a funny, a funny thing. Um, it's it's such a wild fight. I love it. It is like, like they really ramped this up to eleven. I was tweeting last night, like, yeah, like this is actually a pretty incredible show, just in terms of like how wild and over the top the action is. But it's still very good. Yeah, I'm also surprised that like you see, we we've now seen the last of Gotsimon. I assume, like, I guess they kind of figured with Karada coming in that they didn't need another villain of that archetype, I guess. Like, um, the sort of, like... They're not the same. Like, got someone's got more of a Starscream thing going on, but, like, and Karada isn't quite like that necessarily, but, like, they're both sort of underhanded, like, like slimy villains. Um, yeah. And a lot more, like, obviously antagonistic than, like, Marukimon, for example. Uh, I guess the director's kind of very antagonistic too, but he's also not... I won't call him... He is slimy, actually, but I won't call him, he's like, underhanded. He's just Yeah. I, he's a bureaucrat. He's very, forth, he's very forthcoming in how much of a dickhead he is. <laughs> you know? Yeah. He's yeah. not trying to pretend. I, I love how Karana is able to, to bait him into agreeing to his plan by being like, if we figure this out, you'll get the credit for solving it. And he's like, oh, I do want that. <laughs> Yeah, he he basically just sees dollar signs in his eyes at that point. Yeah, he he does a good job, and he's he basically just says to the director, "Like, you don't want to get, you don't want to get cancelled, do you?" <laughs> basically, <laughs> when he uses the word prejudice, it's like, okay, this guy, this guy's good. <laughs> um, I also love that he has to explain power levels to a politician. Like, this is this is really funny. Like, oh no, sir, you. You see what you what you don't understand. It, oh, Samson's doing this. Sorry, but like he's when he's time to yeah. explain to uh, what's the what's the guy's name? The director, but not actually the director. Hashima. Hashima. Thank you. Uh, Hashima. Yeah, Minister Hashima. Minister Hashima. When he, well, yeah. So when Samson's explaining to Hashima about the power levels, it's like you don't understand, sir. You see, a mega level Digimon is more powerful than an ultimate, um, and it, it, it's really funny. It's like I don't know. It's like someone having to explain like how hit points work <laughs> to like the prime minister or something it's 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 but like in a serious context it's it's a really goofy little moment there um and i find it so funny that they just go for it uh, and then they have karada just coming in and just being like uh, uh appealing to his like base sensibilities don't worry sir 
I have goons with guns. We'll be fine. Hehehe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, it's so good. He literally has, like, the evil anime glasses, like, shining in this episode. I love it. Like, they are going so over the top with this little, little rat. This little, this little... Ratman. I don't know what I was... I, I lost the words, but <laughs> this, he's a little this, rat. This festering rodent of a man. Yeah, this little I, slime ball. I do want to... I forgot to mention this uh, last episode, so I do want to take a little, a little detour to talk about um, Kurata's dub voice. Okay. So he's he's voiced by uh, Brian Palermo, which is not a a name I had heard in in dub circles because mo- most of the actors in this sh- in this series are recognizable from doing other dub stuff. Yeah, either Digimon or like other shows. Yeah, like the, the, it's a very contemporary, you know, circa two thousand eight uh, who's who of anime dubs, of anime dubs and video game voice acting for the most part. Yeah. Um, and so I, I would kind of like he doesn't even Brian Palmer doesn't even have a page on the Digimon wiki because this is the only Digimon role he's done. And indeed, this is one of the two only two anime voice roles he's done because he is not primarily a voice actor at all. He is a like a, a screen actor. Um, he had a small but memorable role in the Social Network as this uh, computer science teacher who. Um, chastises uh jesse eisenberg's mark zuckerberg for bailing on a class um but above all that he is a member of the groundlings which is a los angeles based improv group very famous for putting on you know improvisational comedy shows uh and brian palermo in particular has leveraged his improv skills to create seminars and presentations to help medical science uh professionals combat misinformation oh okay what so basically he's the anti-kanaka <laughs> yeah so like i thought you were gonna say the anti-karado and honestly both feel true. <laughs> so essentially um the way his pitch goes anyway is that um the reason why a lot of misinformation is allowed to spread is because a lot of medical professionals when giving presentations or speeches or even just like on Twitter or whatever don't know how to succinctly create counterarguments for uh whatever misinformation is spreading. So part of Palermo's like workshop or like presentation or whatever involves training people who are very intelligent but maybe not always the best at wording things in a digestible way, how to think quickly on their feet and come up with counter-arguments to misinformation before it can circulate. Huh. Cool. Which is like, I found that fascinating. I dove down that, that, that hole uh, last night when doing research for this episode. At that to um, the, like, surprising career trajectory of people who worked on the Digimon dubs. <laughs> yeah. There's quite a few of them. So yeah, big, big, really thank, cool. big thank you, Brian. If you're, you're probably not listening to this, but I'm, I'm putting that energy out into the world. So maybe you feel a bit, uh, a bit happy. Yeah, you oh, should. On, honestly, yeah. Also, you should feel happy for this role because, um, based on these two episodes, I think he, he does a bang up job. Uh, oh he, yeah, he, he's, he really he's does. Great. He's really, he, Karada's really funny. I think. It's it's interesting, like finding out that he's not an anime voice actor because he's his performance is very unlike anime in a way. Like it just feels like comedy. Like, like honestly, that's such a big thing for me. Like, I don't know how to phrase this exactly, but like, there's so many voice actors in like the anime scene who are just so like 
wooden and so it's, on. It's heightened, right? Yeah, like, I, I, I get it. Like, I know the nature of, like, anime stuff. And not all of them are going to get, like, necessarily a bit, like, chopped and screwed like this one camp, like the Digimon dubs could be. Um, which might allow for, like, more, you know, more time to say your lines, longer lines, different lines, etc. But um, I... I, you just tell when someone's actually good versus like what I'm. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to say is good is you know decent for an anime voice actor. Like I, I feel like there's a there's a delineation there between like actually good voice actors versus those that will just consistently show up and like do a reliable job. Um, you're like Johnny Young Boshes of the world or whatever. Like they aren't. I don't know. Like I, I feel quite strongly about the anime. Because you said earlier, like it's like a who's who of like anime voice actors for the time, um, and I feel like ninety nine percent of anime projects in, in any given year are those. Like they are just like a who's who of like very familiar faces and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's a it just feels it's like sorry, it's just like it's like the Persona Three thing of like that is a very specific dub featuring a very of the time voices. Like that is sort of like the thing you get for a lot of these types of projects. Yeah during like the mid aughts era is like you will get like these like 15 voices in some way shape or form guaranteed yeah I'm, yeah like persona is a great example because i just don't think you're gonna see i don't think you're gonna see a game in that series that like breaks ground on like you know like giving huge opportunity to like someone completely you know unknown otherwise like yeah you don't get it like they are very predictable in that session and like digimon's the same like um, you know, the dub of Adventure 2020 is full of very familiar faces. Um, yeah, new faces, but still like people who have very clearly proven themselves within recent years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and I think I don't know. It's just I'm so I'm a big proponent for like get someone new in there, and especially people who aren't necessarily like part of that. Um, I can't forget the word, but like part of that, like. That group or click almost it feels like like um, you know gets get some new people. In. I mean, I was even though it's very questionable in spots if you look at it objectively. Like I was such a big fan of the Xenoblade dub back in the day because <laughs> it was like, whoa, an anime and a JRPG not voiced by Americans. It's, it's Ryan time, baby. This is great, and obviously, and like the different like approach and stuff like that. It definitely feels like. Um, Karada's voice actor. I've already forgotten the names. I'm so bad at names. I'm so sorry. Uh, Brian, Brian Palermo. Palermo. Brian Palermo. Palermo. Yeah. Palermo. Okay. Um. Yeah. Brian like obviously comes into it with like a different energy and so on. Like um and 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 I feel like pigs. I mean, obviously he'll have had direction and so on. Um. And I do feel like everyone in the show feels like they've got good direction. Uh. But he definitely slots into the show's like vibe very nicely. Um, like his performance does, it feels very much in keeping with the tone of the show so far, while still being different. You know, he is. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it. That is a really good point. Like, I think it is like good to occasionally like branch out from like say those normal or like even just voice actors in general. I mean, obviously, voice acting is a very specific talent, and I'm not like saying that as a way of like, oh, we should hire more celebrity voice actors because i think most of the time that is not celebrity voice actors but celebrities to voice act because most of the time that is not a great idea as we see from so many movies recently yeah but yeah i think having that ability to sort of 
open up the stable, so to speak, is really good because you can get, like, someone very unexpected who could really just absolutely kill apart, like, yeah. so far, uh, Brian is with Karada, and if you, you could have just gone with one of the same voices that you use for every other project, but it is something that comes together very special when you have something like this of, like, a very, uh, like, quote-unquote unknown actor yeah. who does a very good job. I wouldn't be surprised if this was a Jeff Nimoy poll, because, like, he he likes to flex his connections in Hollywood a lot. Um, and it, I wouldn't be surprised if this is just, like, someone he befriended, uh, you know, during one of his uh, Hollywood uh, conventions or events or whatever, and then just decided to cast him once he became the dub director <laughs> for this season. <laughs> sure. You want to play this little rat fink, my friend? Sure thing. Like, he does bring this very almost improvisational comedy to it. Like, Corona has a lot of lines in the dub that weren't in the sub and make me laugh a lot. Like, in in this episode, when the Gatsuman fight starts, he just he he just like kind of throws his hands and goes, "Well, you all have fun with that. If you need me, I'll be hiding over here." Yeah, <laughs> so like... good. He is so like he he's the assignment. so charismatic but avoid of charisma at the same time. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like he's he's charming but repulsive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He is charming but repulsive. The absolute funniest silly little uh blorbo not even blorbo he's more of a, a, a scrunkly he, he's, like, <laughs> he's definitely that character he's definitely that character archetype of just like you know just being like kind of like he's like a variation of that archetype where the character's like malicious up until the point where they've got like a good in their face or whatever and then like and then suddenly they're like cups you know just on the ground weeping with terror or whatever like he's definitely that kind of archetype but like in much more of a matter of fact way it's really amusing like he knows when like the exchange between him and thomas is at the beginning of this episode is really good because it's like thomas basically does the thing where he's like um you know like uh okay you know you'll need to give us a day because i need to recalibrate this thing and like Basically, no one calls him out on on his bluff there, um, and like even then, you have like Karada look at him for a minute, a second. Thomas, you know, doubles down in his expression, and then Karada just immediately just like falls into the like, no, I'm just a, I'm just a little guy, I'm just a little guy. Like he just, <laughs> I'm just a little birthday boy. Yeah, you wouldn't hurt a little scientist birthday boy in his birthday, would you? And I have glasses. <laughs> Karada's representative has said uh, he is a big boy and he knows how to look after himself. <laughs> I I love to hate him and hate to love him. Uh, that was a uh, yeah. So it, it's it's funny. He like he knows exactly what role he's playing and he knows how to play it well. And also he just doesn't seem to give a shit if like people know that he's playing a character, he's playing a role. Like like him announcing I'll be hiding over here. Um, but then also like the thing where he just says to Thomas in like. Every, everyone heard that little sigh he said to Thomas. He did not even remotely yeah. try whispering that when he's just like, um, when he's just like, well played. Um, so he, it's got a very nice friends you got there, Davis, like delivery and energy to it. Yeah. He's like, oh, good one. Good one. Good one, Thomas. Except if he like shouted it across the field. <laughs> nice friends you've got. <laughs> nice friends you've got there, Thomas. <laughs> I had to play, I had to play the soundboard. I had to do it. It's it's so good. I'm I'm really happy that you know even if he he only did like a little bit more anime voice acting after this that we got him for for this role. Um, honestly, I think the only other actor I can see doing this well is if they got Joe's voice actor to voice him instead of Gatsuman. 
Oh, that would have been the best. Because, like, he is a very similar character to Joe. Like, a bit, a bit of a coward, you know, medically minded. Um, you know, likes to worry a lot. But in, in Karada's case, the worry is feigned, of course. The worry is, like, for himself because he's just a little guy with glasses and doesn't want to get his face beaten in. Speaking of Joe, uh, Zudomon as a villain of the week. I don't like that. Uh, or monster of the week, this, or whatever. I don't like that. This, this show right. loves... The show loves bringing adv- adventure uh, partners back as villains. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the only one that we're missing now is we we've had uh, Garurumon as an antagonist. We've had Togemon. We've had uh, you know now Zudomon. Garudamon. Yeah, we had Garudamon. I think all we're missing now is like Anjumon, <laughs> Gatomon, and Greymon, and then that rounds out. Our- oh, I guess we have we need a Tentomon as well. Yeah, we need a we need a bug, and we already have a a, a Greymon, so like you can't really use a Gray. I mean, you could use a Greymon. I mean, they used the Greymon. <laughs> they yeah, they did use a Greymon. <laughs> Zudomon is is hero shaped. I'm gonna say this. Not like you've heard of friend shaped. I'm saying he's hero shaped. I think I think Digimon TCG players would disagree with you. <laughs> well, they can suck it up. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this is this this uh this Zudomon has a very malicious energy. I'll say. I I like um. Like, um, so like Togemon, I thought was okay because Togemon's kind of weird anyway. Like, if you, if you think about it, sorry, Sloan, I'm not trying to like do a sly meme diss here. That's not my intention. I, no, I, just, I, I okay, I know. Just checking, just checking. Okay, just checking. Uh, <laughs> just covering my bases. Um, but like, I'm going. I'm I'm in your walls, actually. Oh no! Oh god! Nothing personnel, kid. <laughs> um, you you've done a got some model teleported here. That's cool. Um, yeah. So like, Togemon's kind of kind of like strange anyway so like that that works um i guess to, just to like have have dogamon be the villain of the week for once but like yeah zunamon's zunamon is here is, is too heroic and and it's a shame at least they don't like destroy the egg this time i guess yeah i was kind of worried that would happen i'm not gonna lie i was like oh where when's the shoe gonna drop I mean, of just his egg blowing up i guess up. it could happen next episode so uh you know look if they want us to like hate Corrado or like take him seriously as a villain or whatever that would be a good way to do it that's like the it's not a heel turn because he's already the villain but like it would uh, be a good escalation right yeah yeah definitely definitely the public heel turn. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for you two to see the next episode. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed some very interesting episode titles. I'll say. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not looking at those. Um, oh, oh no, I just did, and yeah, I'm gonna close that. Now. I don't want <laughs> to see anyone. Look at this guy. <laughs> Look at this guy over here looking at episode titles. It's very much like the gang gets. You know, whatever happens in the episode. <laughs> The gang gets killed by Marukimon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We can't get killed by Marukimon, Marcus. Next episode, the gang gets killed by Marukimon. Kurudamon. <laughs> Kurudamon. Um, fucking dies. Yeah, that's like basically what I just read. <laughs> no, it's not. But like, you know, it's that like, like very matter of fact episode title. Um, I guess it's in keeping with the Japanese titles. So, you know, that's. Oh, Mina. Yes. Uh, quick question. What, what can I do for you? Uh, oh, actually, two. Um, so, first one, um, in the dub, of course, uh, Gatsumon, when he comes in, he says, I'm sensing their mission is the annihilation of all Digimon. Is that consistent with the sub? Because that felt like a... I you, mean, like, you mean what Marukimon says? 
It's either Marukimon or Gatsumon. I can't. I didn't like list the names because yeah. that would be smart of me. Because I'm I'm fairly certain that yeah Marukimon. Um, yeah. So yeah, I have. I'm, I just checked right now. It's in this in the dub. Marukimon says, "I'm sensing their missions. The annihilation of all Digimon." In the okay. sub, he says, "An evil shadow lurks among them. A shadow of deep hatred that intends to bury us all alive." The shadow look lurks where? A deep. Sh- oh, shut up. <laughs> Deep Shadow lurks among us. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Uh, okay, then second question. In the sub, has Homer been brought up at all? No. Because no one is expressing concern for the fact that this old man was left behind with one of the kings of the digital world. Yeah, and in the in the sub, they like in the immediate episode after Marcus is like, is he gonna be okay? And then Samson slash Satsuma was like, he'll be fine, he can take care of himself. And I think I think that's the last time he was mentioned. That old man is dead, probably, and no one cares. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, I I like that uh, that that subline from Rukimon much more because it is not just so blatantly in your face. Yeah, it's the dub seems to eschew subtlety entirely. They seem to think that this show is still for like seven year olds and not I know for like twelve year olds. Subtext and they're all cowards. <laughs> yeah, like I I think that's important to note is that this. This show is is this show is intended for older audiences, and by older audiences, I don't mean adults. I mean like twelve year olds compared to eight year olds. So, right. I think twelve year olds can handle a little bit of subtlety. I mean, a PG rated movie just released in theaters that some are calling maybe one of the best films of all time. So, this is across the Spider Verse PG. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that they are not making just... an animated film rated higher than that. At least not starring Spider Man anyway. <laughs> they aren't they aren't saying like at least like three cusses, maybe one F bomb per this movie. This is the Spider Man <laughs> sausage party crossover. <laughs> Whatever. Never say that again. <laughs> I am actually in your walls now. Oh, no. <laughs> um yeah, anyway, um Sorry, what were you talking about? I was momentarily distracted. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you were looking for at your walls to make sure I wasn't. Okay, there. cool. Oh no, I'm I'm sorry, I'm the worst podcast person ever. Um yeah, I... Okay, can I talk about the... Um... I'm really interested in knowing what the relationship is with... No. With... What? I'm kidding, go ahead. <laughs> Don't do that. You said, can I talk about, <laughs> I so I said no. I came, that came in really late <laughs> on my end. So. <laughs> that, no, that's what I was waiting oh. for. I was waiting for you to... So it's... I... Next bit. I, okay, it's enough. a layered bit. I, I am, I'm interested in, in learning more about like the relationship between like Marx's dad and, and Karada, because... Like that that bit where like Marx is like, you know, getting ready to like, he's like, yeah, I want to punch Marukimon in the face or whatever. Um, and Karada's like, you know, the more things change, you know, there's something's changed. The more they stay the same, or whatever the saying is. Um, oh, he was he was saying that about the digital world. Oh yeah, oh, when they when they came in. Oh, he was. Oh, okay. it's yeah. How would you know that things change and stay the same, Karada? I wonder. I, I think... It's Maruki. It's Marukimon who goes. Uh, who starts musing about Marcus's dad and being like, I, I don't, I don't like how that Digisoul felt when it punched me. That's that's some sussy bullshit. Okay, well, oh no, that Digisoul hurt me. I read those two things. Gatsumon, get me an ice pack. I read those two things very differently because, uh, like, I, I thought Kurada was like basically implying that Marcus's dad was as much of like a meathead as as, as Marcus is. Um, you know, always he was a scientist, so well, maybe maybe Karada was just jealous. <laughs> Who knows? Um, and well, I guess we'll know eventually. Um, and I read the like 
Did the Simaburu Kimon being like, oh, you could take some things out of context with some of that dialogue. It's uh, <laughs> all I'm saying. Uh, I can't stop thinking about that human. Um, you know, I never... I, Same Maruki Mon. I never felt that connection until I felt his fist, uh, or whatever he says, <laughs> you know. And, uh, to, and he owes it all to him. He, uh, to be fair, he is talking about Marcus's dad. They're both adults. <laughs> okay, well, that's good to know. Um, is this Tom's new ship? No, no, don't even. Good. Don't even. Good. What did you call it, Day Maruki? That's actually pretty good, all, all things considered. That was a, a really good episode, I think. I, I am really enjoying these episodes. These might be two of my favorites in this in this series so yeah. far. I'm I, Once again, I am so excited to see what you'll think of um, next couple episodes. Because next next week, we've got a, or next episode, I guess, next time we record, we've got a three-parter. So Our first three-parter is going to be coming up. And, it, and it's I think you'll, you'll thank me for organizing things that way. Because you won't want to stop watching after the, the episode two cliffhanger. Yeah, I, I mean, I already didn't want to stop watching last night, so... Yeah. It's it's good shit. I'm definitely interested to see how awfully this, this face-off with... Um, oh, as I called it for the, the custody battle for Keenan between uh, Marcus <laughs> and Marukimon goes. So, uh, yeah, I, I hope they have a good ladder match. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm sure it won't go terribly. Marcus calls in Sarah with, like, the with the uh, lead pipe. <laughs> <laughs> My god. By God, Sarah Damon's entered the ring. Yeah, I don't like. I don't like. I don't know. I don't know if about wrestling <laughs> at that point. Wrestling to make it, but uh, I'm just gonna say I really hope that's not like Sarah as Ricky Guerrero, because like no, I don't want. No, that's Sarah doesn't deserve that comparison in, in the slightest. I, I don't really know enough about no. that, so I'm just saying wrestling means. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, the Marcus Damon versus Maruki Mon Texas Death Match. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Marcus brings out the the steel bar, the, not steel, the barbed wire. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> That's the wrestling I know. Yeah, makes sense. Anyways, if people want to speculate on this match between Maruki Mon and Marcus and who Keenan will end up with, Mina, where can where can they speculate that to? Uh, you can speculate that at our email inbox, uh, which is dgnovacast at gmail.com that's d-i-g-i novacast at gmail.com or you can head on over to our twitter at dgnovacast with the exact same spelling uh, and leave us a dm or an, a public at whatever is most comfortable for you i mean considering the, the absolutely asinine changes being made to dms lately you might have to go for a public at so uh do whatever you gotta do okay um we always love hearing from our listeners. You know, we love hearing about discussion. We love hearing about thoughts, about memories, whatever you want to give us. Sometimes people just send us ideas they want us to discuss. Like, I, we got an entire episode in our, the first season of our show out of just discussing what a hypothetical Digimon fighting game would be like. And we I got to do the Super Digimon fight, Fighter Z yeah, uh, after, episode now, soon. After we we get to the midway point in in uh savers i think we should go back and revisit that because uh all of you would have some very different ideas um based on stuff that's coming soon my my next character pick jury from street fighter 6 <laughs> she's the guest character i mean she is very uh agumon-esque she is she's very agumon coded yeah she's a little gremlin with uh 
who likes to eat junk food and uh, bother people. Agumon texting me, you're a loser. Why don't you have anything to funny to say? <laughs> so with that, Mina, what have you been up to and where can we find you? I am on uh, Twitter at Mighty Minotaur with an A. Um, I ba- like my life for the past week and change uh, has basically just been like Street Fighter. <laughs> I have been sinking a lot of time into Street Fighter Six. Uh, I finished my ranked placement matches and was sorted into Diamond with Marisa, which I was very surprised uh, to nice. see. Nice. Congratulations. Um, yeah, like when I was playing 5, it took me two full years of grinding and ranking up and down and back again to reach Diamond. And Diamond wasn't even like that high in 5. There was like three or four ranks above it. Um, but in this game, Diamond's the second highest rank and I just got sorted into it after starting the game. So I'm just going to attribute that to the win streak I went on a bunch of against a bunch of people who were clearly very new to the game. Uh, and chalk that up. We to, take those. Yeah, and chalk that up to uh, a fun random happenstance. Now I've I've beaten ranked, so I never have to touch that again. Uh, <laughs> I put a bunch of time into World Tour as well. Um, I'm really happy that they let you unlock uh, the char- the first character costume through World Tour because it's it's fun, and intuitive, and it gives you an excuse to you know maybe explore the backstory and personalities of characters that you wouldn't have thought to interact with otherwise. It's great. I loved it. Um, aside from that, I've basically just... I've, like, been shirking, like, almost every other video game I own just to do this. I've been con- continuing Resident Evil 2 a little bit with Alcesti. Um She's still really enjoying that, which is great to see. Hopefully we can get that done and dusted this month and move on to 4, because I have not played the remake of 4 yet, and I'm very interested to see uh, how it feels. Um, but yeah, Street Fighter 6 has been most of my gaming time. Uh, aside from that... I did see Across the Spider-Verse. It slaps. I don't I don't even know what I can say about this film that hasn't been said um, a million times before by more articulate and intelligent people than me. But it's it's fantastic. It's everything I think people hoped it would be. Yes. And nothing that people feared it would be. So, uh, great movie. Please go check it out if you can. Um, uh, boy, the next nine months of waiting for the throw one are going to be very difficult. <laughs> I I hope it comes out on streaming soon. I am still, like, with the anxiety of, like, I really don't feel comfortable going to a movie theater. Uh, It's also very different. I live in America. Um, For multiple multiple reasons, it's very different. And I'm just like, I want to see this movie so bad, but I don't want to go to a theater. I want to stay indoors. Understandable. I I do hope that you can see it on the biggest screen possible when you when you do, when it does come to to home video though. Yeah, uh, I'll do my August best. at the earliest apparently. So uh, according to Chris Miller on Twitter, so uh, that's that that could be a much worse wait, I guess. Yeah. So I guess it it, it could end up being later, but but yeah, that, this was like there was a rumor going around that it'd be like next month. Um, no, <laughs> that's that's too soon for a film that is by all accounts kicking ass at the cinema. And so the the future, so uh, yeah, but that's a shame. I hope you can see it as soon as you can. Uh, but I completely understand your um, anxieties about that because yeah, I mean honestly, I feel like uh, I I don't know. I kind of always sort of like I'm I'm starting to like dread a little bit going to see like a Marvel thing at the cinema uh, because the crowds there are usually I don't know not fantastic. But I did get kind of lucky with Spider-Verse, so they were they were okay. Um 
I don't. I, I kind of got the feeling like the kids there were bored, <laughs> but um, it is. It is. It definitely skews a bit older than most Spider-Man stuff. So, uh, oh, animated stuff, I should say, not Spider-Man stuff. But uh, I thought it was great. Uh, yeah, so like, up to me, no? <laughs> uh, honestly, not a whole lot else. My my free time has been consumed by inhaling more Street Fighter. Um, I like it's really impressive how deep uh, the systems of that game is, and I guess it makes sense considering they're kind of combining the systems of like three different games into one. Like you've got parries and multiple super bars, like you do in Street Fighter Three. You've got Drive Impact and Drive Rush, which are basically just a focus attack and FADC from Street Fighter Four, respectively. Um, every character, well, almost every character, has an install super and um, a way to spend their meter on uh, enhancing their special moves, like in Street Fighter V. Um, and, you know, even characters even have an alpha counter from Street Fighter Alpha. So, like, you, there is a lot to learn. There's a lot to, to think about when you're going on. I, I've noticed the game is definitely a, a bit more mentally taxing than previous Street Fighter games as a result because you have so much more you have to think about at any given time. You can't right. just mindlessly do block strings or pressure because you have to think, is this gap big enough for them to drive impact through um, my block string? Or, like, if I do my own drive impact, are they going to be able to parry it or counter it uh, and punish me? So, like, there is a lot more of a mental load and a mental stack, but I think that's going to be very healthy for the game in the long run because it means there isn't as much mindless pressure as there was in 4 and 5. Um, I think it's a great metal, middle ground. The execution isn't as hard as 4, but definitely harder than 5, which means that uh, player and skill expression is going to go a lot further in the long run. Uh, I'm very excited to watch a lot more of this game being played uh, on the com- like the professional competitive level. I've only been able to catch a few tournaments so far, but they've all been really exciting and wonderful. Uh, the game balance seems good. I've seen very diverse representation in every tournament I've watched so far. Like there, It doesn't seem to be a clear number one best character in the game. Even among Japanese pro players, there's a lot of disagreement over who like the top three or top five is. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, I'm very interested to see how the meta develops, and uh, I'm yeah, I'm really excited to see more. Uh, sorry, I don't have a lot more interesting things to talk about, but that How you know, dare you? Just Street, Street Fighter Sometimes is like one of my like favorite game series of all time. So it does make sense that this has basically become my life since um, since it came out. I I go I get up, I go to work, I go home, I play Street Fighter, I go to bed. It's I'm very excited to see how CEO and Evo turn out because it's so early in the game. That's going to be like, who's going to find the most rancid thing first? Yeah, and that's, that's always what makes those big tournaments so exciting. Because if someone finds really nasty tech, they're not going to share it. They're going to keep that yeah. in their pocket for... We're, like, we're back at the... Like, especially with Capcom Cup being a million dollars. Like, I think we're going to get back to the save that for Nationals like level. And I'm very excited. Because I'm the... like, ooh, like, who's going to pull out the most ra- most rancid, nasty, nasty tech they have? I can't yeah, wait. like... The fact that the difference between um, seventh and sixth place in Capcom Cup is like fifty thousand dollars is gonna make the that match so tense. Like you're gonna hit someone with a wake up drive impact and be like, "So long, sucker!" Sucker, what a fifty thousand dollars. It kind of hurts saying like some of the prize disparity between places because it's like I know they want the big number of a million for first place. That's very appealing, but like, man, like spread out the money a little bit more. 
Yeah, no, that, I mean, in you, an you ideal could... world, yes, but like you said, they want people. They want to entice people with that life-changing yeah, amount of money. one hundred percent. They want the they want the big one million dollar dollar signs in the eyes. So, I, I, like honestly, at that point, like everyone in top eight needs to split or something. I don't know. <laughs> so, no, that'll, that'll make collusion. I have an idea. I, I, have, I have, a have a suggestion. What's your what's your suggestion? You should uh, be better and, and win. <laughs> just get good if you want the million dollars there's only one way to get it <laughs> is you okay Look, the thing is, is i'm bad <laughs> this is a tangent but did you see i know like you know in, invoking this name on this podcast is is very um oh passe but um i saw someone post a video of dark side phil ranting no! about six talking about why how would you do the this? reason the reason why he can't win any online matches is because the money is so big that million dollars is making people go try hard and they're not enjoying the game. <laughs> and it's like... I literally need to go to bed after you invoke that God forbid, It's God so he, funny. God forbid he... It's so... God forbid he plays an eSport with like actual money behind it. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny because this is a dude who made top eight in Street Fighter 2 back in like 2008. Like uh, the, the worst... The bad version. The worst version of the game, yeah. Um... And yet he complains about like, oh, nowadays it's all about the money. Back in the day, there was no, um, you know, there was no financial incentives. People just played to have fun and get better. It's like, no, I'm pretty sure there was still a financial incentive. Like, God, just well, like in the, I, I don't want to invoke any talk at him more than I have to, but I'm just gonna say, uh, maybe you should just get good then, so you can get some money. <laughs> I mean, I saw a video of Darkseid Phil playing Zelda and then the lightning kept striking him because he had metal stuff equipped. And he was like, oh, don't get it. <laughs> we're we're How, cutting off the talk yeah, about this yeah, man he's like, now. Why, why did the bolt go straight for me? <laughs> why is he even still streaming when he was like caught doing that stuff? Money. On, but like, no, the money should have dried up. It should it should have. You're one thousand percent right, but they clearly once didn't. you once you do what he did, you either exclusively do that or you don't do anything ever. Like that is those are the two paths. You do not just pretend it didn't happen. And oh. I hate it here. Yeah, here being this podcast. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. But but yeah, so that's basically what I've been up to for for the past uh, couple of weeks. What about you, Tom? Where can we find you, and what have you been uh, filling your time with? So uh, you can find me on Twitter at coldmanhot. Um, I have so I saw I saw Spider Verse two. I uh, sorry, it is it is technically Spider Verse two. I saw Spider Verse. You also saw Spider Verse two as well. I saw Spider Verse two too. Yeah, there we go. This is. This whole thing feels like when when Mad Max Fury, Fury Road came out and people were just like tweeting, "Oh my god, I saw Mad Max!" And it's like it feels like Mad Max is the name of a cryptid that travels around the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that film. Yeah, I echo your sentiments, meaning on that one. Um, really good, really good film. Um, a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. I never check the runtime of films, and I'm always like, kind of, sort of not literally checking my watch, but I'm I'm some, sometimes a bit like. Wait, this isn't over yet, but like, um, it was good. It ended on like a really compelling note, let's say. Um, and also, it has one of my look. I, I feel like I'm getting more immune to like the, uh, the like the cameo stuff and the Easter eggs and the like, oh, the jangling of the keys and so on. But there was one moment in this which felt like no one in a suit told them they should do that. They did that because they wanted to, and they 
love love that thing as much as I do, and I I just absolutely adored it. So I I, I love the film for that reason, but that's why I love the film for a million other reasons, which all collated to just being a very well done piece of art. So I'm very happy with that. Uh, I I kind of want to see it again. Her in sound issues have been sorted, but like I don't. Okay, one, I don't... Okay, that's probably a bit much. And two, I don't trust that I will, I will get a screening that has the sound issues. That they updated the phone yeah, where they, they got the patch. Exactly. You have to, like, rely on some, like, sort of, like, bored teenagers to make sure that happens. Uh, and I don't, I, don't, I don't know if that I want to. Um, anyway, so, yeah, that was really good. I recommend everyone to go see that. Um, yeah, And, yeah, I can't wait for March. Hopefully it doesn't get delayed. But, yeah, March is when Beyond the Spider-Verse is out. Um, other than that, I've been playing more Zelda. Um, I absolutely adore that game as well. It's good. Well, that as well. Um, it's good. It's really good. Um, it continues to impress me. And like, just when I think the game is getting like sort of predictable or whatever, I'll wander into something that's just like, whoa, hang on. Um, I... I think I spoke about it last time. I had a bit of more of a negative leaning on it because I was midway through the fire fire temple, which I did not enjoy. Um, I don't think the dungeons are fantastic, but I do feel like having done three of them now, the fire temple one is just an unfortunate. Uh, fire temple's a bit of a letdown, I would say. The other, it's kind of an outlier. Yeah, the other two are just sort of okay, but like they're not. They're not a patch on the dungeons you'd see. Honestly, even in something like Skyward Sword, I feel like had better dungeons than this. Like, I... Yeah, I don't know. So that's a bit of a letdown. But everything else is, like, Nintendo firing on all cylinders. Um, Yeah, really, just really fun. Just explore that game and, like, just do side quests. It's like, yeah, I could go do another temple or whatever. Or I could run after all these great fairies and take pictures of stuff and I don't know it's just it's just really really compelling um there's a lot to do there's so much to do I I think I'm gonna keep dipping my toe into it for a long while yeah I still haven't even like got the whole map yet like um I still have like two re- two or three regions yet to you know get the towers for um and I'm excited to do that uh even though I've already done it like I already did that in Breath of the Wild but here I'm doing it again and it doesn't it's like I, I, I said it before, they re- the way they recontextualize the map with different towers in different positions and they draw like the, the boundary lines for regions hmm. makes it feel fresh. Exactly. Exactly. It, it, it really does. Like the world is mostly the same, but by doing that, you change up how you see the world. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's just, they've just like hit in like a million different spots to like change things up just so and also the bits in the game which felt a bit like a bit uh, maybe a bit less fleshed out uh like things like enemy variety um sort of how sort of complex the side quests can get and so on like there are multiple things in this which feel like they're approaching the depth of like the tarry the tarry town stuff in the first game um including a quest in tarry town itself so like it's that stuff's really cool um, it just makes everything feel so much more alive, and I just love that the game doesn't really care if you, for example, just build that one air bike that everyone's building and just fly over stuff. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I-, I have not built the air bike. It yet. doesn't matter. It's good. It's good. 
Uh, it's not it's not like the be all and end all like ultimate thing, but it it's cheap, it's easy, it gets the job done. Um, yeah, I I would recommend. I I will still try and do Koroks like using what's around me rather than just resorting to that, but um, which is a which is a nice sign. I still have some self control left <laughs> when approaching uh, when doing this stuff. So yeah, it's really good. I really enjoy it. Um, um, yeah, I, I do wish, I do wish I was playing on something that wasn't the Switch. I will say that much. Uh, Dang, Tom said Nintendo go third party. You, you chuckleheads. <laughs> I mean, I'll just, I'll just make a new console, please. I don't know. Like, like Tom said, I hope Xbox buys Nintendo. God, he's take, he's drawn his line in the sand. Uh, it's an American, an American company owning Nintendo. <laughs> My worst nightmare. Um, yeah, anyway, that's... I think that's all I've been up to. Yeah, so, Sloan, what have you been up to and where can we find you? You can find me at Sloan Rosette. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Zelda. Um, I'm getting close to the end game in terms of plot, but there's still so much to do that I, I want to map out the whole depths and stuff first. I want to do a bunch of stuff before I get to the end. I mean, really, like, there's nothing else I want to play, like, in terms of, like, something brand new besides, like, Street Fighter 6, of course, until Pikmin comes out. So I got time. So I'm going to do that. Uh, Tom's already talked about Zelda, so I'm not going to talk about Zelda. But what I am going to talk about is, so one of my best friends and I, my best friend and I, uh, we put together a, a big list of, like, queer movies and series to watch. And we watched our first one the other week, Saving Face. I don't know if anyone's seen that. That's a good movie. It is a... Un- there are some unfortunate, like, of-the-era um, sort of tropes and writing because of a 2004 movie. But it was very enjoyable. I guess one of the big twists. And I popped off so much when, like, it was revealed. I was so hyped. And even my friend was like... How did you, how did you guess that? And I even said, when I said, I said, this is just like my meme guess because I know it's not going to happen, but it happens. I'm just, sometimes I'm, you're just too good with it. But if you want a movie about a lesbian constantly fumbling the bag, <laughs> then this is, this is the movie for you. Uh, that is a pretty, a pretty perfect way of putting things. Yeah. So that was, that was my big thing. Absolutely love that. Um, highly recommended. Other than that, not too much else. I'm trying to think. Working on video game, working on portfolio. I had Cuban food last night. That was pretty nice. <laughs> I don't have. I, I don't think I've ever had Cuban food. It's really good. I recommend it. I, I'm sure you can't get much in in. Oh, Balmy I, I'm, England, I'm sure but... there's someone in, somewhere in Manchester that will do that. Or yeah, um, I don't know, like Caribbean food or whatever, like Jamaican or whatever. That that's. Those are very different. They're, they're fairly easy to find, so I don't know. It's like a sim. It's like a sort of. But where's Cuba? I I shouldn't be asking this, but where's Cuba? It's on the on the map. It's on the map. I don't know where Cuba <laughs> is. Why would I? I'm not. I'm just like. It's near the Cayman Islands, apparently. Just from my very brief look. Okay. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm just gonna stop because I'm gonna be like exposing myself as the biggest fucking idiot. It's near. It's near Florida. Okay, it is a Caribbean island, right? Okay, I was. Oh, I okay. threat. Cool. Um, so I don't know. I'm not smart. <laughs> maybe so. maybe there's maybe there's somewhere in, in, in Manchester is a big city. Um, yeah. I had a Ropa Vieja sandwich. It was very delicious. 
It's like a stewed beef. Oh, wow. It's very nice. good. That sounds good. That's all I've been up to. Uh, watching gay movies and eating good sandwiches, which I honestly... No better way to do it. Yeah, tis the season, so, yeah. Tis, tis the season, and even... I think we're going to be recording at least one more time during this month. It'll come out after, but it'll still be Tis the Season. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of Tis the Season, the next gay episodes we cover for Digimon Data Saver Squad are, as Mina said, 24 through 26, our first three-parter. I can't wait. I, I'm, I'm excited for both of you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be sitting there like... Rubbing my hands to the, like a fly, waiting, <laughs> waiting for your reaction. You're, you're doing like the steepled <laughs> fingers thing, like a like a gendo. Yeah, a gen- gendo akari style. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I'm looking forward to it. I I've been very much enjoying this this show, and I'm like I said, I saw some of these episode titles. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little anxious. Yeah, me too. But uh, I, well, I know we'll, we are guaranteed we'll more Karada based on those titles, so I'm very happy about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that you're both karate pilled yes uh all you need is just a horrible little a horrible little man to to be horrible and i'm I, in i i'm glad that we our podcast doesn't have a tumblr account because otherwise we would be yelled at for romanticizing an awful villain it's like sometimes you just you just like little bastards yeah so we, we love him because he's a fucking scumbag piece of shit monster <laughs> Time to uh, time to put Karada the Karada fan cam needs to happen. <laughs> oh, we need. I'll figure out video editing just for the Karada fan cam. Can we can we set it to Let's Get Digital? That could be good. I was gonna say, what kind of song do we need? But well, we'll either either that the or Karada will... fan cam will happen before the end of the series. I'll make sure of it. I will also accept Bubblegum Bitch as long as the the line "Dear Diary, I Met a Boy" is, is has a clip of of Spencer Damon and Karada together. Okay, we'll make this happen. I'm my depth. I I I have to decide. I'm I'm giving the reins to you, Mina. You can you can do with this. <laughs> <laughs> I if I Mina knew how to make fan no cams. no Samson Karada. That's problematic. Now now Karada Spencer. That's okay. <laughs> Listen, if I if I knew how to make fan cams, I w- I would already be on this. I have every episode downloaded. It wouldn't take very long. <laughs> Look, we're we're I'm I'll I'm gonna try and make it happen, Cap'n. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. So, this has been it for the Novacast. Uh, thank you for listening. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, everyone.